0: Are you ready for some XFL? Welcome back to XFL Extra, the podcast brought to you by xflboard.com. I'm your host, Mark Nelson, and this is our fifth podcast. The XFL draft will be taking place in just over a week, on October 15th and 16th. Both players and fans are very excited about the draft. With players they are anxiously waiting to see if they will be given the opportunity to join an XFL team's training camp. With fans, they are waiting to see which players will be placed into the rosters of their favorite teams. In this podcast, we will introduce two guests, linebacker Eric Beisel and XFLboard.com Seattle Dragons team reporter Jackson Connor. St. Louis native Eric Beisel has been seen as a leader of every football squad he has been a member of. From high school to the University of Missouri and onwards to professional football with the Birmingham Iron and Your Call Football. In Eric's interview, we will learn about his outstanding work ethic, his creativity, and we will discover that he brings his character to every football team he is a member of. Jackson Connor is our team reporter in Seattle. We will talk about how the Dragons are being accepted by the City of Seattle, then we will discuss the upcoming draft and about players who we expect to be chosen. I call this podcast, Do You Feel the Draft in Here? It's about XFL teams preparing their rosters by drafting the right players and fans waiting and wondering if their favorite players will become part of their favorite team. Let's get started. We'd like to welcome Eric Beisel to the podcast. Eric played his college ball as a linebacker with University of Missouri Tigers, where he racked up over 100 tackles. After graduation, he played pro football with Birmingham Iron of the AF and on Team Power of Your Call Football. Now he has been invited to the XFL draft. Welcome, Eric.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: So you graduated from uh, University of Missouri after the 2017-2018 season, where, and you were captain of the Tigers
1: in your senior year. Yes, sir. Yep. It was a, definitely a great honor. Um, I, was, I was told I was unanimously uh, selected captain by uh, my teammates and coaches. Um, all I can say about that is what a great honor um, to represent the University of Missouri as a uh, captain there during my senior year.
0: So as, as captain, you were seen as a, le- a leader of the team.
1: Uh, yeah, I hope so. Um, you know, I led, uh, the team all the way up through that last, uh, victory of 2016 against, uh, you know, that team down South and, uh, you know, led kind of through summer conditioning and, and winter workouts and, and you name it. Um, you know, I tried to be, um, you know, exemplify some of the leadership qualities that the seniors, um, before me, when I was a freshman kind of showed when we went to back to back, um, SEC, title championship games. Um, so I, I kind of tried to bring some of that tradition back. Obviously, we had a coaching change there. And uh, obviously, it showed, and my teammates uh, voted me captain. So
0: so you're not unfamiliar to being a leader in the locker room then?
1: Absolutely not, yeah. Um, you know, even even through high school, I um, was a three-year captain at uh, Rockwood Summit High School in Fenton, Missouri. I'm um, always, always uh, one of those guys who just puts the team first, uh, mainly because uh, I, pri- I prioritize, and number one priority for me is always to win as many games as it takes to win a championship. So, always been on the pursuit of uh, winning a championship, and to do that, you know, you need all 11 guys on the field on the same page, um, going after the same goal. So,
0: so when you were in high school, you were a leader at uh, your team uh, in uh, at Rockwood Summit in Fenton. Now, Fenton, that's just outside St. Louis, right?
1: Yep, yep, just south of St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis. Born and raised, um, extremely proud of this city and, and how far it's come. Um, you know, I, I always tell people that are outside of St. Louis. You know, growing up, <laughs> growing up in St. Louis, you're you're truly blessed with the success of the Cardinals and, and this past year with the Blues. Um, you're almost destined to be a winner if you come out of this this great city.
0: Well, oh, that's that's awesome. Now, um, I read online about your. In fact, there's a lot of information about your career including the fact that you would hype up your high school team by playing Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> before each game.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you played uh, war pigs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just, just to kind of get the guys going, um, bring the positive energy and, and get everyone pumped up. Get ready to play the game. Like I said, it's a, it's a team sport. You need all 11 guys on the same page and anything that, uh, would bring the team together. Um, whether that be, um, the music before the game or, uh, you know, pushing that rock um up the uh up the hill there. Um if you ever stop by Rockwood Summit mm-hmm. High School, you'll see a rock uh that was that was pushed by a small group of people. Um and it wasn't any, you know, light light rock. It's actually a, a giant stone, um, that will be left there for eternity. Um, things like that, things we did in the off season, like uh, you know, off season conditioning that was player led and um, uh, you know, you know, we weren't allowed to wear our shirts. This was a, a player rule. We weren't allowed to wear our, sh- our shirts unless it was below uh, certain degrees, and that was about ten degrees. And then we could put our shirts on. So things like that—that that would, you know, crazy things that you know, unthinkable things—that would just bring us together and, and bring us closer.
0: So this is where you learn to work
1: hard. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I've I've been blessed to have a great group of coaches uh, and and great family members and, and great community. That kind of raised me um which is ultimately why i decided to stay home and go to mizzou um whenever that time came I, I committed to mizzou um during my junior year of high school and uh stuck with them and and even through all the ups and downs during my career never thought about transferring or anything like that i i uh, knew we were destined to do something great there so out of high school you had a lot
0: of offers didn't you
1: yeah quite a few um Coach Bellers, my my head coach uh, through high school, he kind of took over um, as my agent per se. He was, uh, you know, we direct we redirected all the mail to him um, at the time. I was I was focused on the baseball season. Um, we ended up winning the state championship uh, during my junior year there, but um, and that's a that's a whole another conversation. But um, Coach Bellers kind of took over and and kind of became my. Uh, Agent, along with my parents, and I didn't even see half the letters or half the offers that we saw. But he he claims there was over seventy two offers um, by the time that I was done with my career. And you chose Mizzou. Chose Mizzou, one hundred percent.
0: Now, uh, your nickname is Zeus, and uh, I don't know <laughs> yeah. if I should ask how you got
1: that name. Uh, it was actually baseball. Um, so, I was one of the few um, players uh, ever in uh, Rockwood Summit history to uh, play play varsity uh, in all three sports, uh, baseball, football, and basketball during my freshman year. So um, I inherited the name Zeus from one of my coaches and and another player, Coach Dave Schroll, and uh, a player named Brandon Henry um, gave me the nickname when I was at bat. Um, I won at bat, and I believe I hit a bomb. And whenever I stepped on home plate on my way around the bases, uh, someone someone said that's baby Zeus, and it kind of stuck. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, uh, looking at your website, um, ericbizel.com, uh yeah. I think there's a quote by you: "Victory is reserved for those who are
1: willing to pay its price." Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, Very meaningful. So
1: yeah, a lot of I live by a lot of uh, a lot of quotes like that. Uh, a lot of things that go through my head. Um, I'm sort of uh, poetic in that fact. Actually, uh, You'll catch me in the locker room and I'll be freestyle rapping with the guys. And, and uh, I have a way with words and they kind of come to, come to me in my head, uh, which, is, which has really helped me um, in, in, in being a leader. Um, I've always found ways to find the right things to say at the right times, um, whether that's getting my guys motivated, um, picking my guys back up after a, a loss or a bad season. Um, uh, but you know, a, a lot of those, you know, things, there's a way with words that you can influence those around you. And I've always been able to do that because of my kind of poetic uh, background there.
0: You are known as a colorful character. Yeah. And your grandmother even nicknamed you Eric the character.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you bring yeah. that to your football game, don't you?
1: Uh, yeah. I, I uh, you know, I've always been sort of rebellious. Um, but in a, in a, in a very positive sense. Um, and sometimes it has um, got me in trouble. I've always, you know, kind of, uh, gone against the status quo. I've always expected more out of everyone, even those around me, even those, um, above me at times, um, and, and I've always been respectful 100%. I'm, I will always respect, uh, my elders and, and people above me and, uh, I'll never claim to have more information than, than I do, um. And I, I'll always, always be a learner. Uh, but if I if I sense any sort of uh, contentment, um, I'll always be the first to challenge that because um, if you're not if you're not destined for greatness and you're not striving for it, um, you know there's there's really no place for you around those who are um, because you know it can take one bad apple to bring everyone else down. So I always try to surround myself with uh, greatness because you know. Like I said, it's going to take all 11 guys and an entire coaching staff really to achieve greatness on the football field and in life. So,
0: so going back to when you played college ball, I think we, we touched upon this, but I want to go back to that because you were a leader and you rallied, you rallied the troops. You got the team riled up. That was your role. Yeah. And in one well-known pregame interview, you went ahead and referred to the Arkansas Razorbacks as being from Arkansas.
1: Yeah. And
0: you're famous for that remark.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, that was, uh, <laughs> it, it was actually, it was funny how that all you know came about because, um, after every practice and you can ask, uh, my trainer, you know, he's, uh, Rex Sharp over at Mizzou. He's the greatest trainer probably in the history of, of college sports. And, uh, no one has seen more or, or done more for his players than that guy. But, um, after every practice, I would uh, I would run gassers. Um, yeah. Not not only to to punish myself, but to uh, hold myself to a certain standard. Um, and I'd be running up there for thirty minutes, thirty minutes to an hour after practice. I'd run my gassers, and uh, Rex Sharp would stay out there and and watch, and he'd stay an hour after practice with me to make sure that I don't collapse because I would I would truly push myself to absolute exhaustion, um, you know, after every practice. And, uh, by the end of practice, I had thought that there would be no more reporters there because this particular practice, I had pushed myself harder than I had ever pushed myself with it being the last game and how important this game was to me. Um, and how important it was to our team and, and to coach Odom. Um, I thought all the reporters would, would be gone, but there was, I think there was five left. Um, and I was, I was pissed off. I was in my head um, <laughs> and and I was just so ready to play this game, even though I believe it was, it was a Tuesday that we weren't playing until Friday. It was a black Friday game. And all I could think about was, was that team and, and how disrespectful um, it would be for them to come to our stadium and think that they would come out with a win. So that's kind of where that went. And someone had asked me, uh, I can't remember what the question was, but um, obviously it became famous. Uh, I believe it had over a million views across, you know, all the social media platforms and, you know, they printed it out in the, in the locker room. And um, the, the, the biggest benefit of that whole thing, I guess, two things is, you know, it put us in a situation where we had to go back it up, um, which was part of it. And the other thing was, it distracted a really good team um, from taking care of their jobs. And uh, really, a I believe we were a three and eight team at the time, which was my jersey number, uh, coincidentally. We uh, we somehow beat a really good team on that Black Friday, um, and it should have never happened, but it did.
0: So Mizzou won the game twenty
1: eight to twenty four. That's right. We shut them out in the second half and uh, got finished with ten tackles and um, it was a really good game uh, all across the board. Jamin had a standout standout game. Um, Arian Penton with the interception in the end zone. Um, Donovan Newsom with a ton of tackles and all across the board. Just everyone showed up for that last game and really that was just the you know it kind of. Shed some light on that season, and and uh, you know left it left it on a positive note there.
0: It actually paints you as a genius because you riled up the team enough that they actually won. <laughs> I
1: wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> say I'm a genius. I wouldn't say I'm a genius, but yeah, I, don't yeah. I mean, it, it definitely it definitely serves a uh, a purpose in that in that victory. I, you know, you know whether it uh, you know the significance is really unknown, but um, like I've said in the past. You know, I would have never said that if I didn't believe that we were going to win that game. Um, So whether I said that or not, I I truly believe, you know, we would have found a way, you know, whether it would have been internally in the locker room or the way I did it. um, I believe we would have won that game either way. So um, the significance of of that interview, you know, is really unknown. But, you know, that team deserved to win at the end of the year there.
0: So you played for the Birmingham Iron of the... AF.
1: Yep. Yep. Very briefly, very briefly. I actually, I got cut and I went straight out to uh, Jacksonville um, with the uh, YCF, um, which is where it really um, in Jacksonville, where I really uh, put on a decent performance. Uh, but, um, you know, Tim Lewis was my coach in Birmingham. Um, and yeah, that was a phenomenal experience. I'm uh, playing with those guys. Uh, Trent Richardson, Arian Penn was out there with me. Um, uh, Lewis Perez was my quarterback, Man, what, just what a what a great group of guys. So highly competitive, and uh, you know, going undrafted, you know, I I just been training and training and training and hoping I would get that call. Um, you know, we had originally kind of expected to get uh, drafted by the Arizona Cardinals, as much as they had communicated with uh, me and. My agent at the time um and when that fell through i just you know i just kept training and training and what i like to call patiently working um, and just working and working and you know nothing was really going through and i actually uh got a call from uh, tim lewis and the birmingham iron and they brought me out two weeks into uh camp so i was uh, a late a late invite and uh they said i made a really good impact. And I worked my way into the, to the five deep at that, the linebacker position, um, in just a few short weeks. And, you know, ultimately the league, uh, didn't last. And, I uh, moved on to Jacksonville where Merrill Hodge was my head coach. And man, that guy knows his football and uh, what, what an experience in Jacksonville. Um, you know, I ended up leading that league in, uh, tackles and, uh, what a phenomenal experience!
0: So, your call football was uh, was a savior for you to be able to show your stuff.
1: Absolutely! Oh my gosh! But, and it, you know, I've always I've always been in love with football, but um, the more politics I've, you know, run into in this sport, um, just within the last three or four years, um, just at Mizzou and and you know into the way the draft went and all the above. Oh my gosh going out to jacksonville it just kind of you know it just restored my faith that uh there's really some some really good coaches um and you know incredible talent and and incredible players out there and in, in this sport and it's it's you know it's such a beautiful game and uh, going out to jacksonville and being able to be a part of that experience was just incredible
0: from my watching Your Call Football this past year, I noticed all the talent that was there and the, the amount of pro football talent that's available. And now the XFL was also at Your Call Football. Is that where they took a look at you?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I think I think the experience with Your Call Football um, and having the coaches or you any know, others, uh, there was a number of XFL coaches who were there and uh, obviously Eric Gal- Galco, who was the uh, personnel right guy for the your call so he's the one who actually gave me the call and invited me out there and now he's uh you know obviously helping out with the xfl now um you know i think it, i think it's very well connected um in terms of that i think uh you know a few of the coaches will probably be coaching in the xfl along with some of the uh, coaches in the alliance league will also be coaching in the xfl i know tim right. lewis is going to be a part of the uh, St. Louis team. Um, I believe my D D coordinator out in Birmingham will, uh, actually my linebacker coach out in Birmingham will be a part of the Houston team. You know, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there's coaches from both of those leagues, the Alliance and the YCF will ultimately be a part of the XFL, which was really where I think um, my ability to stand out and stand, uh, you know, stand out among the rest of the players there in the YCF um may hold some weight in terms of you know anyone who was there anyone who saw kind of what I did in that league um as far as you know the amount of tackles I was able to rack up each game and and the leadership I was able to show um coming in late and and becoming a starter there in just a couple weeks um and a captain for the team power as well you know I hope that you know doesn't go unnoticed uh, I don't. It plays a role in the possibility of me getting drafted into the XFL.
0: Sounds to me like the XFL is going to take a long look at you in, in the draft. Of course, the draft is only in a week and a few days, so you're going to get an answer pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, I really hope so. Really hope so.
0: And which team are you hoping to be selected by, St. Louis? Now,
1: like I said, there's, uh, you know, I've I have a, a few ties, a few connections to, you know, a, a few of the teams in the league. It doesn't matter what team takes me. I just want a chance. I just want a chance to, you know, show what I got. Um, you know, in both leagues that I've played in, um, the coaches have, have taken an instant look after me after one or two practices or one game, and they've said, "Man, you know, we've seen we've seen linebackers, you know, in these leagues before, but you don't you don't belong in this league. You should be at the next level." And I, and all I can all I can say is, "Man, I just need your guys' help." I need to get those eyes on me. I need, I need uh, you know, the film and I need, you know, I need this, and that and I need some sort of help because it's so hard to, uh, to get there, especially when you're doing it, a lot of it on your own. Uh, you know, a lot of the work I do is uh, in the shadows, you know, not a lot of people are seeing how many hours are truly going into this. And it's not just me. There's a ton of athletes, a ton of football players out there who are, you know, extremely talented and, and have what it takes, you know, to play at a professional level who just, you know, have had bad luck. And yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I think, you know, you know, with me being born and raised in St. Louis, what better story than, you know, me staying home. And just like when I chose the zoo over, you know, Nebraska, and that that other team down south, right. Colorado State, and, and I, uh,
0: I notice you don't mention your name
1: very often. <laughs> no man, I I just, I just can't do it. Can't do yeah, it. Yeah, I hear yeah, you. I'm, I'm afraid I'll I'm afraid I'll mispronounce it, and that'll yeah. that'll ruin all the fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just I yeah. just refrain from saying saying the word. Well,
0: you um, are you are a colorful character. Now, <laughs> you're you're an artist, right? You play the piano.
1: I do play the piano. Um, I uh, started playing when I was uh, about six years old. I had an amazing piano teacher, very, very, uh, very kind lady, but she was uh, very detailed and, and strict at times. Had me play a lot of classical music, and I've actually broken every single finger on my uh, hands playing playing football. Right. So I had to give it up there for about a year, and uh, my piano teacher passed away. Yeah. And, um, whenever I got back into it, uh, that's when I started writing my own music. And that's where I really yeah. fell in love yeah. with playing the piano and, and creating, you know, my own versions of, of, you know, piano masterpieces. So that's kind of what I do, but, it's, uh,
0: so you're, you're a creative guy, a little and, bit. And, uh, so you even developed a fitness training curriculum and, uh, people can find it on your website, ericbizell.com.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Eric com. you know, it, it was something I decided to do after I went undrafted and players have always been asking me for my workouts. You know, what should I be doing here? What should I be doing here? Players I've played with at Mizzou, um, players at other schools, because I've always excelled at the, uh, at lifting weights. And, and that's always kind of true to my game is that I've always been stronger than almost everyone on the field. Um, guys like control brothers, you know, would ask me for workouts and, and, uh, Charles Harris who plays out in Miami. And when I went and trained for my draft, you know, my draft training, uh, my pro day training out in, uh, Los Angeles at a uh, proactive, I met guys like Baker May- Mayfield and, uh, you know, Clay Matthews and Darius Geis and guys like that. And I always, you know, I was, I was one of the strongest guys in that group. So, um, uh, even today, um, those guys will ask me for workouts. So I decided, you know, what better way to serve these guys than to make it um, totally accessible and customizable. So I uh, went in. I learned how to program um, my website, did all the back-end work on it, actually uh, designed the the entire website from yeah, scratch. Yeah, it looks good. And uh, now it's got over 250 50 members uh, with a handful of professional athletes who use it daily and uh, you know a ton of high school guys and a few college athletes as well yeah. who use it uh, for off-season training.
0: I'd like to thank you for coming out today and, and joining the podcast. It's much appreciated, and I honestly can say that I could share myself and a lot of other XFL fans, and we hope to see you on an XFL roster come next February.
1: I really appreciate it, and thanks thanks for the call. And um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully being on a team here and and bringing out the the most of my character, and most importantly, uh, delivering uh, some results for whoever decides to take me.
0: Right. So you can find out more about Eric on EricByzel dot com or follow Eric on Twitter or Instagram at Eric Is that right? Yep, that's right. All right. Before we go, I mean uh, the other thing I, f- I read online is that there's been even comparisons between you and Torum and Giants from Game of Thrones.
1: Is there a <laughs> yeah. connection? No, uh, actually when I when I lived out in uh, Los Angeles there uh, during my training I would actually get a lot of people come up to me and ask me if I was related or if I knew them and um uh, Unfortunately, I never ran into them. I don't think they do the filming for the for Game of Thrones in in L.A. Actually, I think they
0: yeah. So it's in England or do, Ireland. Yeah. They, yeah.
1: But um, no, I'm, I'm hoping to uh, getting getting uh, an epic ginger pick at some point with maybe me and, and <laughs> Torment and maybe Sean White. Actually, I was out in L.A. when when Sean White won the, uh, the gold during the uh, Winter right. Olympics, and right. uh, that's that's when I you know thought about maybe trying to reach out to those guys and say man we could get a you know an Um, epic uh ginger pick a bunch uh, of muscle uh,
0: bound gingers kind of thing (laughs)
1: right right
0: (laughs) well eric's been nice talking with you
1: oh Uh, man i appreciate you having me on so
0: so uh, everybody that was eric by if all goes well he will soon be drafted into the xfl for their inaugural season I'd like to welcome Jackson Connor to the podcast. Jackson is a football fan and our xflboard.com team reporter for the Seattle Dragons. Welcome to the podcast, Jackson.
2: Hey, thank you for having me.
0: First thing I'd like to ask you is how is Seattle handling the Dragons? Are you starting to see Dragons advertising and merchandise?
2: Yeah, I think I think Seattle's handling it very well. Right now, obviously the focus is kind of on the Seahawks. But just when the team names were announced, having all the other sports teams tweet out welcome to Seattle, I think that was huge and it garnered a lot of interest. And I haven't, I haven't actually been in the city, but a few of my friends have been in the city and there is a big Dragon's mural um, near the stadium, which is right in the public. And I think that's huge.
0: So people are getting used to the idea that there's some dragons in town.
2: Yes, very much so. And I think people are excited. Like like I said, the focus right now is kind of on the Seahawks, but I think as the Seahawks season will start to wind down, I think people will want football. And the Dragons Dragons is gonna be great for Seattle. So
0: Seahawks fans will probably accept the Dragons, but they'll be waiting until the NFL season is over.
2: Yeah, I think right now the general buzz is like very the Seahawks fans are very focused on the Seahawks right now. Four and one like yeah, and Jim Jim Zorn is gonna help a lot with getting Seahawks fans to become to become Dragons fans, and just having seeing, sharing the same stadium, CenturyLink. I think once the Seahawks season comes to end, they'll it'll probably come to the end around January or so. they're a good team, they'll probably make the playoffs. But once that comes to the end, especially if it's like a abrupt exit, Seahawks fans are gonna be looking for football. And knowing that Jim Zorn is coaching an XFL team at CenturyLink. I think I think they'll be able to adopt the Seattle Dragons pretty pretty uh, easily.
0: So I did see a photo on Twitter of Jim Zorn at the game uh, two nights ago, and uh, I think they made a point of showing that he was at the Seahawks game to make
2: that connection. Yeah, people love Jim Zorn, and I, I think that was still one of one of my favorite hires. Just even like taking bias out of it, just. One of my favorite hires for just from a city's perspective
0: so it was actually quite important for them to hire jim zorn as head coach for seattle yeah yeah and
2: he's not he's not just uh he's not just a name that people recognize he's he's a coach that has nfl experience i think it was one of the best hires
0: uh yeah it was it was an exciting hiring it was as i think it was a bit of a coup for uh, for luck to get zorn to uh to agree to it so we'll certainly have to see how this plays out uh, but it is it is exciting to see now seattle dragons president ryan gustafson has been very active promoting the team and have you literally been seeing him everywhere lately
2: yeah he's he's all over like giving um uh, season ticket holders a lot of apparel which i think is huge because those those are like our if you already have season tickets to the seattle dragons that's a big deal you're you're already a, a super fan. and I think supporting those guys is, is huge. And I've been seeing um, him uh, interacting with people on Twitter just really not just really like being out there and involved in the community. And when I went there to the XFL showcase in Seattle, he made a point to walk around and talk to a lot of different like coaches and scouts on the field and stuff like he's he's getting around he's talking to people he was there at the the team reveal talking to reporters he was talking to John Clayton who's a Seattle radio personality very well known personality and he's just he's getting his name he's getting the Seattle Dragons name out there and he's doing a really great job at that
0: uh, he probably couldn't be doing a better job right now at trying to promote the the dragons in Seattle and uh, the other thing I noticed with him recently is he was on social media and he indicated that the merchandise sales for Seattle were higher than any other team uh, it's a little bit of a brag but <laughs> I, I noticed that
2: yeah he he's been very active on Twitter he follows he follows a, he follows me he follows a bunch of see how xfl accounts, and he's just he interacts with people people just ask him like normal questions like when is the draft when can we get merch and he he takes his time to respond to people
0: i agree with you he did actually respond to something that i sent him very quickly and i was i was quite impressed that he was that available to answer a question so that's that's good to hear now going back to jim zorn once, now that we're talking about recruiting players, what type of offense do you expect to see in Seattle?
2: Um, this, this actually the very same question was asked at the Seattle Fell showcase, and Jim Zorn didn't really give up too much. But going back to his time with Washington in the NFL, he ran a West Coast-style offense. So I think that's kind of more of probably what we're going to see, somewhere, some variation of that. But he did mention that to expect a little trickery, Oliver luck at the XFL chalk talk in this in the showcase in the summer showcase in Seattle was talking about how the lateral pass rules how you can throw it forward behind the line of scrimmage which sets up for a lot of stuff you can do with like trick plays like double reverses and Jim Zorn kind of hinted at that he was he he liked that idea and we can probably expect to see a little trickery in the Seattle offense
0: well that that would be exciting something different yeah. certainly. And yeah, we haven't really figured out how offenses are going to take advantage of these different rules or these new rules, and it'll be exciting to see how
2: they do it. Mm-hmm. Oliver Luck said that they wanted to promote more of those trick plays, big plays, because it's just very exciting, and he wants to get he wants uh, that to be incorporated in their games.
0: What's your feel on the shortened play clock? Like they're they're going to speed up the game and. First, the first thing that comes to my mind is is this going to mean that players conditioning is going to have to be a little bit more top-notch to play yeah
2: yeah and i think i think it could be something similar to what we're in the af where there was just there's a lot of rotation in the nfl you see like your top guys your top running backs your top wide receivers your top players they're out there all the time and this we're going to see a a little less of that. We're going to see more of a rotation of players. We're going to see a lot more like three running back systems. We're going to see four or five wide receivers be in and running routes. We're going to see a lot of that, I think.
0: Now, you're a guy that tracks players. Mm-hmm. And and I you're a fantasy football fan. Yes. So, and you're looking forward to the XFL draft. Now, why is this so
2: exciting? I think... I think this is very exciting for me as one a Seattle team reporter because I can start looking at this roster and we can we can also maybe answer that question about what he what he wants his offense to be a little better just by seeing the personnel the type of players he brings in. I just I just want to see this roster and as a, as a Seattle team reporter from that perspective from an XFL fan perspective, I really want to see the, where all the quarterbacks go. Those are the big names. I want to see the quarterbacks. I want to see where these big, big players go on these teams. And I think we can start like it just you give more of a feel of your team when you know who's on it. And but as from a fantasy perspective, because I I do also intend to be kind of active in the fantasy landscape. We can start putting together very rough preliminary fantasy rankings for these players. And we can start actually seeing a. Maybe like a little fantasy community boiling up like it did in the AF.
0: That gaming part of the of the sport is something that really excites a lot of people, isn't it?
2: Mm-hmm. And I think I think there'll there'll be more. I just think there'll be more interest once all these rosters are set in stone and training camp starts up. Well, of course, yeah. Uh,
0: like everything with the XFL, we've got to be patient and wait and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luckily the draft is just around the corner so our wait is almost over. So who are some of the players that you are expecting to be selected in the first few rounds of the draft?
2: At running back, I think there's the one, the one guy Trent Richardson. He Yeah. He, everyone looked at his AF yards per carry and was kind, of, kind of laughed a little bit, but when you start really digging into what he did, in the AF is very impressive. He was he got all his yards after contact. The yards per carry don't don't, uh, make it seem like it, but he was actually a very good running back in the AF. Broke a lot of tackles, caught a lot of footballs, scored a lot of touchdowns. I think he'll be one of the top players, top running backs selected. From wide receiver, I think uh, Mikhail McKay, who was a, a big, he was probably one of the better players in the AF at wide receiver. I, th- I expect him to be one of the first wide receivers off the board. call him Big Play McKay. He was he was a threat in the AF. And at, at safety, there's a Will Hill. He was a, he was a former player for the Broncos and he played very, very well in the AAF. I think I think a lot of the top players off the board will be kind of like AF standouts a little bit. Yeah. and but when it comes to Seattle, some of the specific Seattle players I want to see, is defensive end Chase Demore. He was a really good player at the really good player at Central Washington, uh, Division II Special Teams Player of the Year. He came out at the showcase and tested very well athletically. And at quarterback, I think Jake Heaps is a guy that I really want to come to Seattle. I think it'd be great because he was he he's on the radio 710 ESPN Seattle, which is one of the bigger stations over here. And he's, he's a radio personality. He works he's, he works at Russell Wilson quarterback Academy. He's very close with Russell Wilson. I think having him, he is probably at the top of my list for players to come into Seattle. I just think he would be an outstanding get for them at quarterback.
0: A few weeks ago, you interviewed Sean Oakman,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: he has a fascinating story, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, um, I think he I also think he will be selected fairly high in the XFL draft. I think he is one of the the prime players that, that the XFL is going to use and prime. He's one of the prime players to move on to the NFL after the XFL is over. And this guy is just, just a monster with, and of course you mentioned that story is a great story An unfortunate, but great story. And he's looking for a redemption. He's looking to come out and show people that he can still play. It'll be very interesting to, uh, to watch him, uh play professional
0: football finally mm-hmm. and and of course people will be looking for him to get his redemption certainly a, a good side story uh it is, if anyone has never heard the story of Sean oakman they should just google his name and and there's plenty online you can read about him but we're probably rooting for him to do well in the xfl yes. and to have redemption
2: I am rooting for him to do very well. And there's there's also two other players, obviously not with the same public recognition that Sean Oakman has. That I interviewed Marcellus Pippins, cornerback from Washington State. And then offensive uh offensive lineman Andrew Herbs. Right. I interviewed him. He was one of the first players actually to get a get a draft invite. And he he's telling me that the the Seattle offensive line coach really liked him. He really liked playing for Seattle offensive line coach. He'd be a great gift for Seattle. Great guy. They're both great guys.
0: Yeah, you know, for somebody to get the, their draft invite that early in the in the process, it makes you uh, it makes you think that some team or teams really wanted to uh, get him on their roster. That's what it strikes me as. Like he's wanted on a roster, so he'll probably go fairly high.
2: Yeah, he, he told me there, his agent was telling him to, to expect that he was going to go fairly high to Seattle. He he expected, his agent told him that he expected to go to like Seattle or I think Tampa Bay. But,
0: because there's interest from those two teams.
2: Yeah. Right. And a lot of interest from Seattle because he said he, he said he really liked the offensive line coach and the offensive line coach was really impressed by what he showed at the showcase right
0: you know i hear this from players uh different players that their agent tells them that there's interest from here Mm -hmm. and there and then i've also heard the this the back end to that story from some players that the interest never happened and they never got their opportunity which is really uh, sad and, and for some of them it's depressing so you really hope for these players that we, you know, you think they deserve an opportunity. You hope that they get their opportunity to show their stuff.
2: That's one of the things why. That's why I'm rooting for the XFL to succeed. Just give these players an opportunity, because you saw what the AAF AAF folded after seven, eight weeks. But a lot of players got an opportunity to play in the NFL right. or go to training right. games. It's just a great opportunity for these.
0: Players. Yeah. So they 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 got to use that short AAF experience to springboard into an nfl uh, team roster Mm -hmm. or at least a training camp
2: yeah i'm expecting i'm expecting that some of these players will get the same opportunity
0: i think it's it's going to happen for sure um i mean some people are afraid that the xfl rosters will be decimated every year because players will go on to the nfl but i i believe that that's Part of the uh, XFL's model. That's they they expect that, and it's not it's not going to be something they're going to dwell on. I'm sure they're going to recruit other
2: players to fill the gaps. Mm-hmm. There will always be players. Because every year there's tons of undrafted players coming out of college, tons of players looking for that opportunity. There will always be players to fill those voids. Right. Right.
0: Uh, in this podcast, uh, there's also an interview with Eric Beisel, a linebacker from uh, Missouri. And his, his story is exactly that. He was passed over in the draft, and and he never got an opportunity, which makes you wonder, because he's a wonderful player with a wonderful record. But there's just not enough spots on rosters for all the great players.
2: There's not and. That's, that's just XFL is is going to give these players an opportunity to show, to put stuff on film against this type of competition, and at least get a look in a training camp.
0: You know, that's good to hear. What are some of the other upcoming XFL milestones that you're
2: excited about, uh, like the uniform reveal? I I am also I'm very excited for the uniform reveal, but I I am also really excited for the schedule release. Right, as just kind of like from a personal standpoint just seeing who's coming into town where where our road trips are just and just seeing who's going to be on these these primetime games like i'm very excited for that schedule release but yeah the uniform reveal should be great i i, I we saw a leaked picture of the vipers uniform yes.
0: yeah i saw that which
2: yeah. which looked it looked very good, especially considering the Vipers weren't one of the teams I was a huge fan of. The logo, but that, I think they still made the uniform look good, which gets me very right. excited for some of these teams like the Renegades, who I really like their logo. Yeah, I'm also very excited from a Seattle standpoint to see how they incorporate the orange on these jerseys. That's one of the big wild cards. Like you have your Seattle blue and green, but the thing that the Dragons bring is the fire, the orange. How are we going to see these incorporated on the jerseys? Are they just going to be like a small little small little thing? Or are they going to be a big part of the jerseys? And I'm very excited to see that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's definitely an, a point of excitement coming up to see how they do that. And I have to admit, I share your uh, interest in the Dragons uh, uniforms. Because I, I I, think the Dragons logo is one of the be- better ones. And to see what they do with it and what they do with the colors uh, is
2: would be very interesting. Yeah, I, the, I I
0: think I think the Dragons have one of the better names too. Well, that's mm-hmm. my personal opinion.
2: And the orange, the orange is just what's going to set them apart. The orange is what's going to make them as a sports team special to Seattle, because everyone has that those blue and green. And I think that's I think it was a great move with the color scheme. The blue and green, it's every team in Seattle has it, but but that's just the Seattle. That's just you have to have that. You don't have to, but that's just. It's that northwest colors motif, right? Yeah, but adding but adding that orange is adding that orange was just what's going to set them apart. And I'm, like I said, I'm very interested to see what they do with that.
0: So, what was the official color of those Seahawks uniforms on on the other night? Was that green? That was like a, a day glow green,
2: just a neon green. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And
0: I'm it not, was
2: it was 50, looking... 50.
0: Yeah people some people loved it some people hated it right
2: yeah i think i don't know i think a few more people hated it than loved it but yeah. but i think i'm not I, I don't think we need something that like eye-popping for the right. dragon's uniform but but i think <laughs> something not that eye-popping but right i hear I you think that, i think they could be a little flashy with the orange yeah it's a good idea actually so yeah we'll have to watch for that and see what happens
0: and mind you these will be the i'm sure the the first uniforms will just be an away way in a, a home jersey or mm-hmm. uniform uh and then expect some other special uh colors or uniforms to come out maybe later on in the season i don't know whatever the xfl has planned i wouldn't know but yeah. that usually happens so there's a lot of exciting things coming up and uh Certainly uh, XFL fans had to be patient for all this to come out, but we all know it's going to come out. We all know the game first game is going to happen in the first week of February. So
2: mm-hmm. I think luck and uh, the staff he's put around them has done a great job. Everyone, a lot of people were complaining about how the, the identity reveals not coming out, but the people that are true XFL fans were patient and we got rewarded. And I think, I think you just have to be patient. They've already announced dates for the draft, which is going to be a huge thing. And just, you can't expect everything. The league takes time. You can't expect everything to come out at once. Like, got to be patient. Upstart League, they've they've shown they've been they've been reliable this year so far. And we just got to we just got to keep showing that patience and we'll be rewarded. Right. I agree with you.
0: Patience is the uh is the key word here and i think the rewards are coming very soon and it will be coming fast so and starting off with the draft in just over one week from now well jackson i'd like to thank you for joining joining the podcast today uh it's great that you shared your football knowledge and told us about the unique uh angle of what's going on in seattle and uh thank
2: you very much thank you for having me
0: Thanks again to our guests, Eric Beisel and Jackson Connor. You are more than welcome to come back next Sunday, where we will have more guests and more XFL. Until next time, this was your host, Mark Nelson, and I hope you enjoyed XFL Extra, the XFLboard.com podcast.